haven't had enough football? Well, good, because spring practice is already back. The Super Bowl just a couple of weeks ago. Forget all that. It's February 26th, and the Gamecocks have hit the practice field. We hear from Will Muschamp and break it down right now on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Wow. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Cloudy just says, I'll take care of business right here. You give me this long to catch my breast, I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. Well, you're going to make some mistakes in the course of a football game, but don't make a mistake against Jadavian Cloudy. He'll ruin your day. This is the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your lifeline to Gamecock athletics every day. South Carolina coming off a victory on the diamond last night over North Florida. And now we have got spring practice already here. So we're going to hear from Will Muschamp today. Start looking at uh, the position groups. And to me, the most intriguing part of everything is Mike Bobo and the new offense. I think he's going to do a lot of the things that Gamecock fans have been clamoring for. But of course, the million dollar question here with Mike Bobo and the Gamecock offense is, what can they accomplish with the personnel they have? Usually, when you make some big strides at the offensive coordinator position, when you need to make some wholesale changes, it takes a little while. It takes a recruiting cycle to be able to target the players you need. But you know that Will Muschamp, Mike Bobo, they have a plan in place. They're old friends, old teammates. And they looked at this roster, and they feel like what Mike Bobo does will translate to this roster. So those are some of the things we'll talk about. We'll also hear from Will Muschamp today uh, on his thoughts on that. What South Carolina can do, how quickly all this can come together as they hit the practice field today. And of course, we're going to update you on that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Gamecocks. But, you know, today's the primer, man. Let's hear from Will Muschamp. Let's get that rolling uh, because his thoughts will be so insightful um, from his press conference about what the Gamecocks can do. Also, when we talk about position groups, how quickly could some of the young players, you know, like Jordan Birch, like Marshawn Lloyd, step up, be contributors, because that's also going to play a, a large role in what South Carolina is going to do offensively. Some of the things, kind of my my overarching view on a couple of things that Will Muschamp had to say yesterday, and we'll hear some of those. South Carolina is going to be under center more often. I don't know if we're all in favor of this. I am. I actually think that's a good move for South Carolina. I think sometimes with how contagious certain offensive looks become and everybody just decided, you know, 10 years ago in high school, that was it. We go spread. We go from the gun. Any run concepts we use out of that, any RPOs we do, everything's gun. And you have... Now, guys, coming into the college game that have never taken a snap under center, I actually think there's still a place for going under center in football. Now, in order to do that, however, your offensive line has to win at the point of attack. You have to create a new line of scrimmage. That's my question. Can South Carolina be good enough along the offensive line to move players from Florida, Georgia, LSU, Clemson? Can they do that? And if they can't, 
then what does Mike Bobo do? What's the counter to that if you can't create a new line of scrimmage against some of the better competition? Hey, can you even do it against Kentucky, who's done a really nice job of winning in the trenches the last few seasons uh, up there under uh, under Coach Stoops? So South Carolina is going to be under center more often. We also heard Coach Muschamp say the RPO concepts are still going to be a part of the game plan. That I don't love, but look, that's kind of a milquetoast answer at this point. We don't know who South Carolina is going to be, and they've got to get into spring camp to see what they do. You'll hear Coach Muschamp actually comment on that a little bit later on in the, the program. And he does like that Mike Bobo plays with different tempos, and I think that's important. Uh, I, I can tell you that when Mike Bobo took the job at Colorado State, what he wanted to do is kind of give a pro-style look and then play up-tempo, something a lot of teams weren't doing at the time because usually when you go up tempo you're going spread you know you're going four or five wide giving those looks uh almost always in that you know 10 or 11 personnel one running back no tight ends one running back one tight end that was you know exclusively what teams were doing and Mike Bobo said that's okay I can use fullbacks and tight ends and play with different tempos so I'm I'm fascinated to to hear how that's going in, in spring practice and actually what it what it you know put into action. And then even Coach Muschamp said he doesn't know what this team is going to be offensively. Uh, and they want to get that answer midway through spring practice. So that's fast. So Mike Bobo's got to work quickly to find out what this team's going to be. On the injury front, Renricus Davis, I, I hate to hear this, wide receiver, uh, has a stress fractor, fracture and they put a rod in his leg. He's going to return for non-contact drills late in spring practice. Mohamed Koba, uh, linebacker out of Clinton. He's got an ACL. Colin Hill coming over from Colorado State, ACL, so he won't be able to participate in the spring. Spencer Easton Riedel, tight end uh, Riddle, tight end Nick Muse out for the entire spring, rehabbing ACL injuries. I wonder, you know, Nick Muse being out, I think there could be a silver lining here. I know that he's probably going to be the top receiving tight end for the club come this fall. But maybe the reps that the players behind him will get will help them emerge. The concern there is can, how quickly can Nick Muse pick up what Mike Bobo is laying down and what he expects from the tight end position. Nick not going to be a big-time blocking tight end. He's going to be a receiver first. So how does that fit into what Mike Bobo wants to do? I know I keep saying Mike Bobo a lot because I have so many questions about what this will look like and uh, so much excitement around it, too. I'm fascinated by it. He is someone with a background of success. Uh, also on the injury front, defensive uh, lineman J.J. Imbari and uh, offensive lineman Dylan Wannan have hip issues, pretty significant hip issues, will not be cleared for contact in the spring. But Coach Muschamp all the pl- uh, is confident that all the players I just mentioned will be ready to go with the summer program. And your Jordan Birch update. Maybe we'll just have a daily Jordan Birch update. He's going to start at the buck position outside, kind of that hybrid defensive end. So when we come back, we'll hear from Will Muschamp. He opened up his press conference yesterday, the five things the Gamecocks need to improve upon. And I'll tell you what they are. The turnover margin, explosive plays, field position, red zone efficiency, and winning in the fourth quarter. He's going to give you his take on how they get there, and I'm going to give you my take on what has gone wrong, but why there should be confidence that all five of those areas can be approved, improved upon coming in 2020. We do that when we come back. This is your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Gamecocks. 
This is Locked on Gamecocks. Matt Smith here with you, uh, taking you through all that's going on with Will Muschamp and spring practice. We'll bounce back to baseball coming up in segment number three because the Gamecocks moved their record to six and two with a victory over North Florida yesterday. And, of course, they have the big rivalry series with Clemson coming up this weekend. Founders Park, Segra Park, and then on the road at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. We'll be sure to break that down over the next couple of days. Hey, and don't forget the Gamecocks have a big game coming up tonight against Georgia. Frank Martin and company really need this victory. Uh, in, in my estimation, they need to come up with four wins somehow, maybe three in the regular season, one in the conference tournament. Dr. Rick Sanford, our resident uh, NFL player, Football, basketball expert, he thinks South Carolina has to win out to assure themselves of a spot, meaning in the regular season, assure themselves of a spot in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely, Georgia would be a bad loss. Not based on the way Georgia's playing, coming up with two consecutive victories over Auburn and Vanderbilt, but based on the fact that the RPI hit would be too much for South Carolina to overcome. But all that's ahead. Right now, let's focus on spring practice a little bit. And Will Muschamp, you'll hear in this little bit of audio, uh, the five things the, uh, the Gamecocks need to improve upon. Turnover more margin, explosive plays, field position, red zone efficiency, winning the fourth quarter. So you'll hear what Will Muschamp has to say. And then I'll tell you, I'll give you my quick thoughts on how South Carolina can improve there and why they will improve there in 2020. You know, really pleased how the offseason has gone to this point. Uh, and I think we've made a lot of progress with our players and uh, – from a you know weight room standpoint, strength and conditioning standpoint, uh, the sprint work's been outstanding. Uh, but been very pleased with the work with, of Paul Jackson and his staff, and uh, our guys have been very receptive. You know, we only have eleven seniors, got a young team, but a, but a talented uh, young team that's uh, continuing to recruit well. Uh, the mid-year guys have really blended in extremely well, and I think in some of those guys we continue to move forward. We're in shorts right now, and you play football in pads, but I think some of those guys are going to contribute for our team as we continue to move into the to the fall. In the last two to two and a half weeks, we've worked with our staff. By NCAA rules, we're, we're allowed to, to go over some football stuff with them, and so uh, obviously uh, installing an offense and then and some changes defensively and, and on special teams, so I've been pleased with the progress in, the, in all three areas uh, to this point. You know, during this time, we spend a lot of time on analytics, quality control. Uh, what are the things we need to improve on, which there's obviously after a disappointing fall a lot. Uh, what are some different trends in uh, football, whether it's on the, in the National Football League, whether it's visiting another staff, uh, other college football teams, studying opponents. Uh, that's where we do a lot of this work right now, along with uh, the evaluation of the 21, 22, and 23 classes in recruiting. And so you really go back and, and look at it after a disappointing fall. Uh, five areas are really our five critical factors in planning to win a game. You know, turnover margin. Uh, we need to improve tremendously. We were plus three. We only gave up the ball 14 times, but we had only created 17 turnovers. That's a team stat. Uh, we've got to do a better job of creating opportunities for our football team. It's the number one stat in ball uh, to be successful. You look at last year, we won the turnover margin in five games. We won four of them. Uh, we tied or lost the turnover margin in seven games. We lost all seven games. Uh, explosive play ratio, 10 yards or more run, 20 yards or more pass is how we classify an explosive play. 
uh, in those situations, uh, you know, you, you win it in five games and you win four of those games, you, you lose it in seven or tie in seven games and you lose those seven games. So the two most critical factors, if you want to really just boil down, is, is turnover margin and explosive play ratio. And that's where we've got to make some tre- tremendous improvements with our team uh, field position battle. And a lot of that goes to special teams with your coverage units, your return units, uh, to be able to create short fields to your offense create long fields for your defense. And in the last three years, we're 18-5 and five in uh, games where we win the field position battle. We're 0-9 when we don't. Uh, so, so that's something, again, we, we're going in back, and what do we need to do to improve and get better in those situations? Uh, the battle in the red zone. To be efficient in the red zone, we want to score offensively 100% of the time we're down there, and we want to be at 75% touchdowns. You'll lead the league if if that's where you are. We were at 48% last year. Uh, critical issues in not being able to score touchdowns in the red zone. Defensively, uh, we want to be able to hold our opponent to 60%, holding them to a field goal. We were right at 52-53% uh, percent there, which is not bad. It's the best we've been since we've been here, but certainly is improvement. Uh, we need to improve from that. And the most disappointing part is just winning the fourth quarter. You, you take out the Charleston Southern game, we were outscored 100-46 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, you look at, you know, 15-point differential in the North Carolina game. You're leading Florida going into the fourth quarter. You give up 21 points. You only score seven. You're, you're in Knoxville. You've got the momentum going in at halftime and the lead. Uh, we were outscored in the fourth quarter at 10, but we were outscored in the second half uh, for the game. We got shut out in the second half. And then A&M is a 13-3 game in the fourth quarter, and, and you're outscored 17-3. to So far as finishing – discipline, the mental toughness in those situations. Uh, we've been a good situational team up to last year. We're 13-5 and in one-score games in our first three years, which is really good. That means you're making good decisions as coaches, good decisions as players. Uh, in, in critical situations when the game's coming down the line, we were one and two in one-score games last year, but we didn't give ourselves the opportunity in a lot of those situations when we should have been in a one-score game at least to have opportunity to win the game. So those are things we've looked at, uh, obviously with a lot of other things, installing an offense and going through that process and then making the changes we think to adapt to our players moving forward. So there you go, a lot to unpack there from Coach Muschamp. Again, turnover margin, my thoughts on that quickly, and this is somewhere I, I'm just going to tell you that Coach Muschamp, who I think we all know knows a lot more about defensive football than I do, but just I do have kind of a, a working theory on turnovers that I didn't like that Coach Muschamp brought to the table uh, at South Carolina, and that's going after the football, stripping the football. That's something that they were able to do uh, with some success in his first couple seasons at South Carolina and win turnover margin. But I feel like that doesn't necessarily happen in a vacuum. When somebody sees that a team goes after the football, stripping the football, well, they're going to pl- they're going to work on it the week prior, hanging on the football, ball security. And I feel like South Carolina in the last couple of years have, has given up too many yards with players going after the football, trying to strip it, and missing tackles and allowing too many yards after catch in doing so. So. I know the coaching point. The, the point is you stop the runner and then the second man in, you secure the tackle and then the second man in comes in and goes after the football. But these are kids oftentimes. It's hard to, and the kid wants to make a big play. And when the game starts to get away from you, that player comes in and instead of making a sure tackle, putting his face in the fan, as Will Muschamp always says, getting your head in front and putting the man on the ground, 
kids oftentimes do what? Go after the big play. So if, if you're coaching it that way, I think it's one of those things that, that can get away from kids. And I've seen South Carolina adjust to this. My thoughts on it, the stats tell us most turnovers come not from guys stripping the football, from third and longs and picking the football up. So I'm just going to say I think South Carolina gets better at this because they're going to start with the amount of talent they've recruited up front. They're going to be better against the run. When you're better against the run, you force more what? Third down and longs. Force third more third down and longs, exotic blitzes, and zone packages. Kind of you can zone blitz. You can do things to surprise quarterbacks. You do that. They make a mistake either through pressure or they don't see something correctly down the field. Bam. Interceptions. That's where South Carolina is going to improve, in my mind. Also, explosive plays, that man, that's recruiting. That comes from recruiting and the ability to run the football and then able and then you can play action down the field. South Carolina has recruited at a high level the last couple of seasons. So I feel like explosive plays. Field positions also recruited uh, or, or tied to recruiting because if you look at the you dig into the analytics of field position. You know, if you take the just just the punter, because South Carolina's had a tremendous punter, if you take kind of the punter away, it's oftentimes the teams that recruit the best that are the best in special teams. Why? Because now you're getting that second layer of players, those reserves, covering kicks or returning kicks. And great athletes make great plays. That's another area where South Carolina is going to improve because they've recruited a better level of athlete. The depth is better. So I like them. Kick coverage, kick returns, punt returns, all of that should improve for South Carolina this season. It will be interesting to see who the punt returner is. Shai Smith's probably the, the most explosive player, but I've all I've been lobbying. I think he's going to carry so much of the load uh, at wide receiver. I've been lobbying for to carry and Joyner to get a shot there. Now, I don't know that Joyner can do it. You never know what a guy's skill set is, and, and the coaches will have to work on it in practice to see who can actually field punts, who has the proper vision out there. I mean, to carry and Joyner's played quarterback his whole career until last August. I'm just looking at DeCarry and Joyner as someone with that wiggle that looks like, you know, kind of Eric Metcalf, Dave Meggett, looks like some of the great, uh, Dante Hall, just looks like some of the great kick returner, punt returners in the history of football. And I'd love to see him get his opportunity. We'll see if that happens. Also, they've got, you know, Rod Wilson coming in to help with special teams. He brings that NFL pedigree uh, in terms of what they do at the highest level. I think all that's going to help. So I think South Carolina is actually going to get better at turnover margin, better explosive plays. Shai Smith's going to be the key player this year instead of Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards is an awesome player. He walks away with most of the records in the in the uh, South Carolina Gamecock record book for receiving. But Shai Smith, more explosive, makes guys miss. So I think they improve in turnover margin, explosive plays with the recruiting. Field position gets better. Rod Wilson helps there with the special teams as well. Red zone efficiency, red zone efficiency, oftentimes about the ability to run the football against quality front sevens. Can you run the football even when they know you're going to run the football? Previously, they couldn't. Um, Coach Muschamp said that he was very disappointed. They only scored, I believe, 52%, or, or I think that may have been defensively, 60% or so on touchdowns. He wants to be at 75%. He wants to shoot for the SEC lead in that category. In order to do that, I think we have to be honest. Marshawn Lloyd has to come in and be a baller right away for South Carolina to get better in the red zone and winning in the fourth quarter. Could it be that the new strength and conditioning program shows dividends as soon as this fall? Last season, South Carolina outscored 100-46 to in fourth quarters. That has to change. I think it will change. 
I do think the new strength and conditioning program, and it's not just about getting a new strength and conditioning coach. It's about the players buying in right away, the excitement around it. And so many young players, I think, energizing the veterans on this team. I actually think South Carolina improves in that category as well. Well, that would be great if South Carolina improved in all five of those categories, which Coach Muschamp said the most important keys to success in football, turnover margin, explosive plays, field position, red zone efficiency, and winning the fourth quarter. I happen to think South Carolina has a chance to improve in all five categories. And coming off the season they had and the schedule they have ahead, they had better. We'll hear more from Coach Muschamp when we come back. This is your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Locked On Gamecocks. This is Locked On Gamecocks. You've got Smitty here with you, and the Gamecocks have opened spring practice. And yesterday, Coach Muschamp addressed the media and gave us some really good stuff. Um, Now, one of the things Coach Muschamp talked about is the wide receiver position and players stepping up. Now, I actually have some confidence that the Gamecocks are going to be fine at the receiver position for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you won't need as many receivers this season. So if, if, just one of these players, just if you get a Josh Van or an Ortray Smith stepping up alongside Shai Smith, just remember, when Nick Muse returns healthy at tight end, Adam Prentice coming in kind of as an H-back, fullback guy, South Carolina is going to be playing a lot more two-receiver and three-receiver sets, not four and five wide sets as they were a season ago. And and listen, for as, as far back as... Will Muschamp has been there, Uh, and especially under Brian McClendon the last couple of seasons, South Carolina wanted to really go spread heavy, stretch teams horizontally, you know, across the field, and then try to run RPOs out of that at, at you know, with an up-tempo pace. And Mike Bowe is going to do things a little bit differently. So if you get one, you know, if if Orchard Smith is a baller, if if Xavier Leggett or Josh Van steps up – and plays to their ability, and then Shai Smith stays healthy, you're fine at the receiver position in terms of depth. Number two, I just think Shai Smith is a budding star. He's a different type of cat, man. Um, Now, he's not like Brian Edwards, so that begs the question, what's going to happen in terms of uh, where South Carolina can go when you need physical plays, physical catches over the middle, moving the chains on third and five, something Brian Edwards was so good at doing, and South Carolina had the confidence last year Uh, Brian McClendon would just throw a little tunnel screen to Brian Edwards on third and five. And then his ability uh, to work through five foot, 10 inch cornerbacks, make them miss tackles, drag them for that extra yard. Brian Edwards was brilliant at doing that. So he was keeping South Carolina on the field at time. But that leads us now to the tight end position. So I think they work in concert. How good South Carolina is at wide receiver will probably depend on how good they are at tight end. You know, there's a lot of names that you hear Coach Muschamp bring up at the tight end position, none of which have really done anything yet in Columbia. But can someone step up and be a security blanket for the quarterbacks, whoever it may be? Ryan Helinski returning, Luke Doty, maybe Colin Hill wins the job this fall. Whatever happens at the quarterback position, who's the security blanket as a tight end? And, and look, I didn't even mention to Kerry and Joyner. Shai Smith to Kerry and Joyner, they've got that wiggle. 
They'll make explosive plays, but the tight ends have to help improve that third down rate. South Carolina, in terms of third down efficiency a season ago, just 32%. Not good enough. So now, can they run the football, set up third down in manageable uh, distance, and get the football in the hands of their playmakers like Shai Smith, like the Carrion Joiner? And what about tight ends? Who's the security blanket? So that, those are the questions that are out there, but I've got confidence in if you're just talking wide receiver position specifically, I like South Carolina there this season. And I, I just, I love Shai Smith and what he brings to the table. All right, let's uh, finish up a little bit more from Will Muschamp as far as the uh, offensive game plan and strengths on that side of the ball. And, and that leads Coach Muschamp here to answer, what can this team do well? And how quickly do they need to have an answer to that question? Well, I think we have to have some strengths in the offensive line, uh, the experience that Jalen and, and uh, Ja'Kai got. Uh, to have a guy like Dylan back as a three-year starter, to have a guy like Hutchback who's now a four-year starter. Uh, again, I, I, I voiced my concerns about the center position. We need to get some stability there, but we've got some guys that athletically are what you want, uh, that have the power of what you want, that have played good football for us. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, some of their experience last year we're going to benefit from now. And that's that's a good thing. So, uh, you know, that's a that was something you feel comfortable about going in. Obviously, the snaps that Ryan got uh, is is going to help him. Uh, an experienced player like Colin, who's been in Coach Bobo's system, is going to help him. Um, you know, we feel like we've got some uh, talent and ability at the running back position. I still think we've got some talent and ability at the receiver position. Nick Muse won't go through spring at tight end. Uh, was a productive player for us last year. So, you know, I think that you know, as you continue to work through spring, you're going to get a better comfort level as Coach Bobo will, for what his players can do. Uh, it's sometimes when you're in an all-season program, you're in shorts, it's, it's, it's hard to really project and say, I feel really good about this right now. There's some things that we want to be able to do, uh, but we'll, we'll be able to determine that a lot more as we move through spring. And when, uh, you know, I think probably – you know, when spring is over, you're able to go back and, and uh, look at the cut-ups and look at the film and make some decisions. But we're still going to get, you know, a, a good little influx of some freshmen that come in and fall camp and some guys that are injured. I mean, he, he he's still, to me, and you can watch all the film you want, but until it's what you're putting out there as a coordinator, uh, it's hard to project. He, he's never been with Dylan Warren, who's a good football player. But, okay, where does his comfort levels with Dylan uh, at the right tackle position or the left tackle position or wherever he ends up being? You know, those are all things to me that, you know, you, you build that comfort level. So I would probably, probably say middle of training camp or of truly in the run game, the things we feel really good about, and the passing game, the things we feel really good about, uh, probably would be about then. There you have it, middle of spring practice. And, of course, we'll be there covering things uh, for you. Locked on Gamecocks as part of the uh, Locked on Podcast Networks. So we'll, we'll continue to press Will Muschamp about that, what kind of answers they're getting and what this team will look like. I can't wait for the spring game for this all to be unveiled to us. Um, I guess everything won't be unveiled, but we will get an idea as to what concepts South Carolina is going to use, maybe what percentage of RPOs are going to remain in this offense. I'm not a fan of that at South Carolina. We'll we'll dig into that a little bit more later. We'll have Dr. Rick Sanford talk to us about RPOs, uh, why they've been successful in football, and what teams have been able to best utilize them. What's the personnel key 
to, to a good RPO offense and why it really hasn't taken off at South Carolina, why it didn't under Brian McClendon, and now they've made the move uh, made the move to Mike Bobo. But Will Muschamp said RPO is still a part of the game plan right now. Uh, basketball tonight, South Carolina and Georgia. The Gamecocks need it. They need you at Colonial Life Arena. Here's some bad news. I'll go bad news, good news. Bad news, Georgia's playing well. Bad news, A.J. Lawson has scored 13 or fewer points in each of the last three games. Uh, and he's shooting just 43% on the season. Bad news, freshman Jermaine Kuznard, maybe he's hit a bit of a wall. His field goal efficiency is now below 40% in four straight games. Okay, good news, Mike Kotsar continues to play well. South Carolina knows they can go to Kotsar. Finally, in a senior season, it seems like there's some consistency there from Mike Kotsar. Good news. Jermaine Kuznard did score 15 points in his last game. Good news. South Carolina's better than Georgia. And more good news. South Carolina knows they absolutely, positively have to have this one. So I think at home, Georgia struggled on the road, just three and seven away from home. I like South Carolina at the Colonial Life Arena tonight. Whatever happens, we'll break it down for you tomorrow uh, on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We'll have more on football, and we'll start previewing South Carolina's baseball series. They're going against a heck of a staff in Clemson this weekend. What are the chances South Carolina can take two of three from their hated rival. We'll talk about it all the rest of this week, and we'll bring Dr. Rick Sanford back with us to break down football, basketball, and more. It's your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Locked On Gamecocks.